0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we're discussing The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. In our last episode, we discussed settings and what they add to a book's overall story, especially when a setting becomes a character themselves. You can listen to that in episode 89. So right now, we're going to transport ourselves to New York City for The City We Became.
1: Oh man, you guys. So Uh, disclosure, this was my pick, but man, was it a pick. I feel good about this. I cannot wait for this discussion. Uh, Let's start by, you know, giving a small summary uh, of the book. So five New Yorkers must come together in order to defend their city in this first book of a stunning new series by Hugo Award winning and New York Times bestselling author N.K. Jemisin, who we all know.
0: Triple Hugo Award winning.
1: Triple Hugo Award winning, absolutely. Three times Pretty much the queen of sci-fi. Right <laughs> Thank you for blessing us. Okay, every city has a soul. Some are as ancient as myths, and others are as new and destructive as children. New York City, she's got five. What this book really is, is a love letter to NYC combined with a cutting rebuttal or I don't know if it's so much a rebuttal as really just a statement against sci-fi of yesteryear, uh, specifically H.P. Lovecraft, who by the way, guys is plainly racist. It's actually hard to believe he's managed to gather such a widespread adoration, but you know, we'll get to that. First of all, <laughs> though, what did you guys know about this book going into it? Well,
2: I, uh, I knew it was the first book in a new series by Jemison, and that's about all I needed to know uh, to to be on board. But I had heard it was something about cities like having souls, and so I was extremely intrigued. I was supposed to actually see her on her book tour when she came to D.C., and uh, the Rona destroyed that, so uh, Rona. I'm, still, I'm still upset. I'm still a little hurt by that. Uh, but we still got to read it and discuss it, and it does not disappoint. <laughs> what about you, Nat? What did
0: you know going in? I also knew that it was the first book in a new series by Jemison. I was not like racing to pick it up only because I'm, I still have to finish the last series we started by Jemison, But I knew that it was about um, people in New York fighting against some kind of
1: sci-fi fantasy enemy. I did not really know a whole lot besides that. So, man, you guys knew more than me because I did not know this was supposed to be a series until I got to the end. I was yeah. like, oh, there's more. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I had, for whatever reason, I'd really gotten the impression, and I don't know if I just convinced myself of this for as I read through the book or, you know, just read something wrong. I had thought it was supposed to be a duology. I believe it's supposed to be a trilogy.
2: That is that's, what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I, yes. I was, but I agree when I was reading it, I was like, this
1: would be a solid duology. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what she does with two more books. Listen, guys, in NK, we trust, you know, I am sure she's got it handled. Yeah, uh, <laughs> She's got a plan. She has a plan. All right. What was one thing that stood out to you while you're reading this book?
2: Her writing, I mean, I think we can all agree, is spectacular.
1: Heck yeah.
2: The best. Uh, But one thing I loved was in the very beginning, we're following, are we calling him Primary, the New York? That's what they call him. New York Primary, there's no name. Okay, They call him the Primary. There is actually a sixth person who embodies all the boroughs, right? So he's New Mm -hmm. York Primary. And we're with him in the beginning of the book. And... Uh, When he's battling the enemy in the very beginning, he fights the enemy with concepts from New York. And I loved it. Uh, One of the quotes from that is, I cut the bleep with L-I-R-R traffic, long, vicious, honking lines. And to stretch out its pain, I salt the wounds with the memory of a bus ride to LaGuardia and back. If you've never and done that, guys, it's the worst. It <laughs> is rough like that. No. <laughs> that that is
1: something to to put on someone. It's oh, I I I love that. I, I, the entire first section in first person with all of the like just ah, the 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 New Yorkness of it all was just such a joy to read. It really was. Yeah, yeah. and I would agree. Like her, right? Like that
0: is what stood out to me. Obviously, having read fifth season I knew that her writing was great and but and you know I'm totally a fantasy lover and so when you're you know able to write strong fantasy and create gorgeous descriptions of places and things like that that aren't even real and make me feel like they're real obviously you're an incredible writer but like it just hit me all over again when I first started reading this book how great a writer she is and just so much of it I was like Dang, that was a good line. And then I keep reading, and p- few pages, I was like, "Ah, oh, that was another one." Like, <laughs> she does a really amazing job, just setting this up and creating this world. And she does a lot in one book. Yeah, like a lot happens, and it never feels rushed. It never feels overloaded. It's like her writing just kept, just kept hitting me.
2: Yeah. And it's a lot of area to cover. I mean, New York is
1: not a small city. It is not. It doesn't feel small in the book either. Mm She does a good job with that. I want to address, before we get into all the things we love about this book a little bit more, I want to address some of the criticisms I've been seeing online. Because, well, I think most people like it. I think right now it has, what, a 4.08 on Goodreads? There's some criticisms that I keep seeing coming back and back and back. And uh, one is, you know, that it lacks subtlety. The book itself just lacks subtlety. Personally, I agree with that. But I love that about this book. It's one of my pluses. So how do you all feel about about that? I mean, I totally agree with that.
0: I I do think it lacks subtlety, um, you know it deals with a lot of real social concepts Mm -hmm. and, and it deals with them in a way that's much more direct than you would see in most fantasies. Right. But at the same time, like there's something about that directness, that outspokenness that also feels very New York to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not subtle, but you know, is New York always subtle? (laughs)
1: <laughs> is new york ever subtle i mean yeah you, you i was trying to give the benefit of, of the mouth. doubt
0: but is it <laughs> yeah.
2: that's that's what i was going to say like new york isn't a subtle place like why do we need subtlety here he's like hey i'm talking about social constructs and racism and all this stuff here get out of my way like i'm gonna do what i want to do and <laughs> i'm that gonna your do best it- new york accent just then No, no, it's too early for like a real one, but, um, (laughs) it's, uh, I I don't need subtlety in this way. (laughs) Right, right. What's the point now anyway? And honestly, it, it, if you look at the, the characters in the
0: book, the events of the book, there's, none of them are subtle. There is no subtle character. There's no subtle event Like, subtlety wouldn't necessarily have fit.
1: Right. I I mean, can't agree with you all more. Just glad to know (laughs) we're all on the same page. Uh, Another thing I hear, another criticism here, is that if you don't know New York City well, uh, you're not going to like this book. That's something I saw on Goodreads. Uh, reviews a couple of times that, you know, oh, I don't know New York, so I don't like it. And I don't think if you know if you don't know New York, you're not going to like it. Now, I have to admit, I've spent a fair amount of time in New York. I used to stay there during my summers as a kid. Uh, do you think that's true? I think it could be. Um, I...
2: I- <laughs> She does a a very good job, I think, of laying out the city, explaining how it works and all of that. And I haven't spent long periods of time there, but I was going back and thinking, and I'm like, I think I've probably made between eight to 10 trips to New York in my life, more or less like long weekends. One of my uh, sister-in-laws and her family lived in Flushing for a while, so we would go up and visit them. Uh, So... uh, I do feel like I was able to enjoy it because like I knew about the LIRR. I knew about, you know, the, the that LaGuardia bus ride, you know, like I knew about certain things. I knew about some of the places they were talking about. I didn't know about all of it. And the things I didn't know about made me excited to go. Like I was pulling up Google maps, like zooming in, looking at places, you know, but that's also me. Like I enjoy exploring new cities and, like, before I go visit a city, like, that's what I do. You know, like, I, I zoom in. I find places that I'd want to go. Right. I, you know, I download the public transportation apps. And I figure out what stations I need to hit to get to these places and do <laughs> all of that. You know, and so that's kind of me. And maybe if that's not who, if that's not something you enjoy, it, I don't know, it, it might make a difference. I mean, I'm not, I am not
0: that familiar with New York that at all. Um. I mean, I've been there a couple of times, like as a kid, I only went once and we, you know, we did the tourist stops, you know, um, I, my time spent up in that area has actually primarily been spent in New Jersey because that's where, um, I have family. Um, my husband has family in New York itself, but we go there for like holidays and family get togethers. So I don't really spend a lot of time so much in the city as I do with family. Um, so my time in New York ha- is has been limited to like passing through Times Square when I get off the bus, or hitting a play with family before we go back to family's house to or out to dinner or something like that. So I don't really know the city well at all. I don't know much about the different boroughs. Um, and I still really enjoyed this book. Now I do enjoy traveling. I enjoy learning more about different places. So there might be something to that, to just getting to know a city through somebody else's perspective. Um, but I, I would say I'm not super, super familiar with New York City, and I enjoyed the book.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like, uh, and maybe this is just my interpretation of New York as as it exists within our, you know, public mental load, or I don't even know how to say what I'm saying, public consciousness, is that New York has its own mythology to it. Even if mm-hmm. you've never been, right? There's a mythology about the city that doesn't sleep. It, you know, it. so much of our media takes place in New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, I, I kind of think that it'd be hard for people not to like, I don't know, get into it. I, I never been to Greece, but I love reading about Greece I mean I, I don't know I, I think it's a fair criticism because I do think there's those little things like Meredith what you were saying with the LIRR and the little bus like maybe you've never done that but also you know how bad New York traffic is right you can imagine mm-hmm. how horrible that right <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is I can tell that there's a lot of like little inside jokes
0: there's a little yeah. inside mm-hmm. perspectives like you know that I wouldn't necessarily understand as a non-New Yorker. Some of the things the characters do or say, like, I didn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's because I don't really know the city the way, you know, N.K. Jemison knows the city. Mm-hmm. But that I don't think that made it the book less enjoyable. It was just, I was very aware that... Okay, you're talking about something that I would probably have to live there to fully appreciate, And, you know, I don't. But you're right. describe but she described it well enough that I'm like, "You're trying to say this. Now it would be funnier if I lived there, but I don't right. But I still right, get yeah. what you're trying to say.
2: I'm sure there was little Easter eggs in there that people who have lived there or from there would get. But at the same time, I feel like she probably can't win, right? Because you have right. some people saying, oh, if you're not from New York, you won't enjoy it. And then people from New York are probably like, you left out all this stuff. You know, how can <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, not talk about, about, about this this one, you know, bodega that I love? Or, you know, yeah. or like, <laughs> you know I, I don't know what part
0: of the city she lives in, but like it's somebody true. from a different borough might be like, that's not how we are. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Staten Island loved how they were.
1: (laughs) we'll get to that. Speaking (laughs) of, uh, let's talk about the characters, shall we? Uh, We have New York Primary. He's a scrappy, young, homeless, queer black male. Uh, And and we only see him really in the beginning and at the end of the book, but he definitely has a voice, capital A, capital V, Mm -hmm. right? Then Mm -hmm. we've got Manny. Who is a racially nondescript black male who has lost his uh, memory, and he represents Manhattan. Then we have Brooklyn Thomas, an XMC now uh, city manager. Is that what she is? City councilwoman. C- 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 city city councilwoman. Council yeah. City councilwoman uh, who represents Brooklyn. Then we've got Padmini Prakash. Mm-hmm. I might be just destroying that last name, who represents Queens, and and uh, she's a young Indian woman. Then we have Bronca, who represents the Bronx. Ju- every time I need to say Bronx, I just feel like I need to be tougher about it. <laughs> right? Um, Bronca <laughs> definitely brings that to the table, too. And she is a Native American woman. And then we've got uh, Vanessa, uh, and she eventually represents Jersey City. And then we've got Islin. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who represents Staten Island. Cute. Uh huh. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh, Then we have, I know this is a long long laundry list of characters. Then we've got the woman in white, aka Rosie, aka Ralia, I think is how you say that name. And then some honorable mentions go to Sao Paulo and Hong Kong, uh, two additional cities made people. (laughs) <laughs> that, that exist in the inside the story so uh who was your favorite why who did you really like
0: I mean I personally loved um Bronca and Brooklyn yeah I yes. could have read just a whole book about either one of them and their lives like with or without the enemy invading their city with or without like becoming city avatars like they were just interesting people to me I thought mm-hmm. they were so they were so interesting. They were tough. They were smart. Um, they were funny. I just yeah. really enjoyed both of them.
2: They were definitely the standout characters of this group. I will say I really did enjoy New York primary, so I am excited to see where his character goes in the next book mm-hmm. now that we'll like actually get to see him, and he's not like comatose.
1: <laughs> I wonder <laughs> yeah. if it will still be first person.
2: When we are in his
1: head, or if next book he'll go into into third third. with everyone else. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. Mm
2: -hmm. That would be interesting. We we
1: know that Jemison loves
2: to throw in the alternating POV. You know, uh. Uh, that's so fun. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, I will say I had a soft spot for Manny. I like, I had like this kind of sympathy slash curiosity for somebody like goes to a place that you know. He doesn't know much about, and then like he arrives there, and he's the new guy. But then, like, on top of being the new guy, like now he has no memory of who he is, what he's doing, where he's supposed to go. Like, there's something sympathetic about both being the new guy in town, but also like, oh, you poor thing, like you're new and you have no idea what you. It was a great take
1: on, on a, the protagonist, right? There's no true protagonist yeah. of the story, but if there was one, it would be. Manny, because he follows along. You know, he's our person who's being introduced to all these things along with us,
0: right? Um, like yeah. he's he's our
1: gateway character
0: for sure. He is. He is our gateway and character. I, I did, but I it, like. there more than that. I just like had this like little soft spot for him, just being like confused, and people being like, "You've said that." Like, like he would say something. He's like, "You've said that." Like, you have experience in threatening people, and he's like. <laughs> I think I do. Uh, Maybe I do. I
1: have done this.
0: Yeah. I was was like, you poor thing. Like, that's gotta be so like, yeah, stressful. And at the same time, it made me curious about like who he
2: was, like what's his background, even Mm -hmm. though I knew that's not the point of the story. Right. It's not. And it was really, I think an interesting idea to do that with Manny. Where he loses his memory, but as soon as he's there, he feels like he belongs. Right. And I don't know about you ladies, but my first experience going to New York was on a choral trip senior year of high school. A bunch of Floridians flew up to New York City to go like sing at some chapels and whatnot in the middle of February. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I had lived a little further north in North Carolina before, so I still had like a ski jacket and stuff. Some of these kids like did not have anything to be wearing in this, you know, in, in that cold, cold February weather. And when I first got there, that first night, I was like, "Oh, I hate it here. This is the worst. I don't want to be here." But like by the next day, I was like, "I love it here. Can I go to college here? Can I live here? I don't want to leave." <laughs> It just—I don't know—the city pulls you in.
1: Sometimes cities um, grow on you.
2: It does, mm. and I did actually really like Vanessa from Jersey City. Vanessa, she yeah. was really fun, and I'm glad that yeah. she gets to be part of the
1: group. Me <laughs> yeah, too. she was a great character.
0: Like I, I honestly wished we had spent more time with her because I could see her becoming a favorite if they spend spend more time a lot her.
1: of time. She's in the background for like. But, in she the background,
0: really so the much. focus is Bronca because she's there to support Bronca. So I was like, "I love Bronca if it was like reversed and she would
1: have been in the foreground, like I could see her being like the favorite instead. <laughs> so my favorite was definitely Brooklyn, but I feel like Brooklyn's designed to be your favorite. um so i I fell into the trap. I feel Do like we but- think Jemison lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a good question but my favorite moment is when she rescues Manny very early in the book and she like just comes in and man and, and like just destroys the enemy. And I love it because it reminded me of newsies hmm. and anything that reminds me of newsies makes me feel great. Uh, you know, when Brooklyn shows up during the riot and it's just like, never fear Brooklyn is here. And I'm like that. It was that moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cities become alive when they hit very critical, specific places, right? Uh, When cultures collide, when the idea of the city becomes more than just its parts. Uh, What did you think of NK's criteria for cities uh, being born? I mean, you know, every.
0: One of the things I love about traveling because we've been talking about traveling is that like every place you go like has its own has its own vibe, right? It has Mm -hmm. its own feel. People have their own culture, their own understanding of the place of the way things work and go. Like the three of us the other day when we were talking about D.C., like I made a joke about D.C. and you guys got it because you guys have lived here. <laughs> like um, everybody has that, so i totally it totally makes sense to me that, like you know you know cities reach a certain level and then they become alive. What I kept feeling as I was reading it, I was like, why did it take New York so long? <laughs>
1: like that does seem crazy, like yeah new york it's, it's New York, it's yeah new york, yeah uh and.
2: I think it was also a really great choice to add in that it's not just, yeah, it's not just that they reach a certain age and they become alive. It's that they have to have like a mixture of cultures that kind of makes the city its own self. It has its own identity because there are definitely cities out there that maybe aren't that diverse. (laughs) You know, they, they don't have a lot of different cultures mixing together and yeah, I I I mean I it's just the whole concept is so cool with this. Book.
1: It is. So the current living cities as uh, that we have are like Paris, London, Sao Paulo, Hong Kong. Um are, are there more living cities that we were that we are aware of?
0: Um there in the front of the book there's a map and uh, there's a list of cities on the bottom of the map. I'm assuming that those are the living cities. So the ones, the other two that you haven't mentioned, and I don't think they're really mentioned much in the book, if at all, are Lagos
1: and Cairo. Right, right. And then we know of two failed cities, which is Port-au-Prince and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So are, are there cities that are not on the list of living cities or the list of failing cities that you think should be there? Or are there any cities that you are surprised are on either of those lists.
0: Well, I mean, when you look at all the criteria, like I, I pulled up, I pulled up a list of like biggest cities in the world the other night and I was like looking and you look at all the criteria, you know, there's some cities I'm definitely not as familiar with as others in the world, clearly. Um, But looking at it, I was like, I was not so surprised when you make the requirements so strict that there aren't more, because I think we, you know, when you have that, you know, you have to be around, you have to have cultures coming together and things like that. Mm-hmm. Some places you just don't have that kind of. um Cultural mix. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know that I'm surprised that there aren't more. Um, I will say that um, if you think about the way she describes how cities like are about to be born and then they're not, um, or, or something happens to them while they're being born um, and then they don't become a living city. Like it's being me completely like freaked out about like looking over the news over my lifetime and like different natural disasters and things that happen have happened <laughs> right. over a lifetime. And, like she's, <laughs> She talks about like Pompeii well, obviously that's not my life lifetime. She's like, Pompeii almost was it was one, right, but now it's gone. Right. And stuff like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, volcanoes are erupting in this place, or volcanoes erupted in that place. I'm like, poor cities.
2: <laughs> didn't make it. Right. They didn't make it. Uh I I have some that maybe could eventually become part of this group. So like one that is very young, but as like rapidly become, I think, fairly diverse is Dubai. Right. Or um, or maybe. Well, actually, Tara, you've been here a few times. Amsterdam. What do you think about Amsterdam?
1: I don't is know. It, it's I don't not that. It's not. I mean, it's not super diverse, but mostly I don't think it's. I don't think it has that quality. Okay, because
2: I know it used to be, like, a big port place, right? Yeah.
1: I, yeah, it did. I I think Melbourne might be on that list, <clears throat> or Sydney, or one of the Australian cities. Australia is, like, a wildly diverse place, actually. Very young, you know, somewhat like New York. Wildly young. I was surprised Rome wasn't on it. Like, if Paris is a city and an older city. You have to assume I, I was surprised that Rome was not a city that had been alive. And I could see it being a, a cool situation where it was like a twin city with Vatican city in, mm. in the middle there. Uh, Cause there's definitely a time where, you know, everyone went to Rome. You know,
2: it'd be interesting to know when Paris became like became its, itself, how long yeah. ago it was, because I think we had talked about it a little bit where, Rome used to be like, that's where every all roads lead to Rome, right? right. Like at, at the time, it was, back in the day, it was diverse. I don't know if it's as diverse now, maybe as it had been in, you know, centuries past. Um,
1: but who knows, wh- which, which one of these cities is the oldest? Oh, that's a great question. I have no idea. Zero idea, but I'd love... I hope we get that answer. I hope we get more yeah. background on on a bunch of these. My, yeah. my surprise one was actually Sao Paulo. I knew very little about that city before yeah. reading this book. I have now read a lot about that city. It's a mega city. It just reminds me a lot of visually from up above of Seoul, actually, mm. which is another one of those cities that's just huge. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to visit. Looks amazing. <laughs> Sao Paulo is one of those ones that I like,
0: I was like, this should have occurred to me and just didn't because I have a skewed view of South America because I have family there. So to me, uh, South America means my family and my family doesn't live in Sao <laughs> <Right>. Paulo. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh yeah, Sao Paulo. Yeah, that's a big city that I don't think about often, even though
1: it's a big city. <laughs> So let's get into the Lovecraftian nature of it all. Um, I've never read Lovecraft before, uh, but to prepare for this podcast, I downloaded uh, A Call of Cthulhu, which is only an hour and a half audio book. And. Wow. I mean, (laughs) wow. So racist Going into it, I knew it was racist, but it was so racist, I was actually surprised. And and honestly, like in my opinion, it's not that good. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um what point do you think uh NK was trying to make by merging the enemy and the woman in white with Ralia from the Call of Cthulhu?
2: I I mean, she was definitely making a statement, right? <laughs> I I think she wanted to turn Lovecraft on its head. You know, you have in this instance now, the monster looks like a white person. And uh, I think she was calling out racism and sci-fi and fantasy in general. Like I know there had been a lot of pushback with her winning the Hugos three years in a row. Someone um, write something
1: better is what I have to say about that, which they haven't, yeah. so you know.
2: Yeah, everyone's <laughs> always calling back to this like, yeah, this, the lovecraft oh you know the foundational whatever and i think yeah she's she's calling it out for what it is yeah
0: i I agree with that i mean we talked about you know she addresses a lot of um social issues and talked about how she doesn't do it subtly um i think this is part of that is like she's like she wants to say something and she's going to say it directly
1: As you were going through the book, because I don't think either of you have read any Love Lovecraft, right? No, No. never had any interest in it. So, so going through it before it became very obvious. Were you feeling the homage to that? Were you like, because I mean, the idea of Cthulhu is pretty big in pop culture and like the social consciousness. So, were you feeling homages to that as you were reading the book? I mean, maybe like slightly not having
0: read it, like. It's not necessarily that I was, like, definitively, like, oh, this is Cthulhu. But um, because Cthulhu's become kind of a, like, culturally widespread mm-hmm. concept, like, I think there's a little bit of any time you have, like, a tentacled monster, like, you're kind of like, oh, is this, like, a tentacled monster a la Cthulhu kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But i not... It wasn't specifically to me like, oh, this is a Lovecraftian story. Mm-hmm. Because again, I've never read Lovecraft. You I know, think him just, being a lot of horror, I've never been really interested.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think just how we were talking about there were Easter eggs, I'm sure that were in there for people who know New York better. There were probably Lovecraft Easter eggs all through it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't necessarily pick up on those, but I had listened to her speak about the book a couple of months ago. So I knew that that was part of it going into it. Uh, But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot that I could look back on if I read Call of Cthulhu to see more about it. But Yeah, that, that whole like... The, the monster and how it, like, kept sticking to people. I was like, I swear, we can't get away from things that are, like, a virus right now. Like, everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all these infected people walking around
0: New York City. That's, you know.
1: That's not uncomfortable to think about right now. <laughs> you no, know, surprisingly, it didn't bother me. I, I recognized it as I was reading it. Like, oh, this is this is funny, given the time period. But, like, it never really like i couldn't read station 11 right now but Mm -hmm. i had no problem reading this
0: i i read it very i read it fairly quickly i won't say very quickly i read it fairly quickly um so it wasn't like it held me up but i definitely felt uncomfortable like at certain points when thinking about like uh that person is touching that thing no like i I definitely (laughs) felt uncomfortable um the same way i i do when i you know I, i watched a I watched something on TV in which a like a uh, community leader coughed and coughed into his hand. Oh no! Um, and I like died. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm sure it was just like allergy dust. I've been talking a long time to sort of cough, but he coughed on his hand, and I was like, ah.
1: <laughs> "This is the life." So we I live got that same
0: vibe whenever they touched something. <laughs>
1: So how do you think, what what do you guys think about the racism as, uh, about racism as it's addressed in this book? And uh, the choice of making the woman in white, literally, white. A white woman in white? A white (laughs) woman in white, creepy yellow (laughs) eyes. Uh, How do you think that was handled? Do you think it was handled well? I and mean,
2: again, she didn't hold any punches, right?
0: No, I was very, very direct. Um, it was, you know, it was very, you know, obviously, when you're talking about books that deal with racism, it is unfortunately always timely um, because that's a real problem. Um, but the particular timeliness of this book certain things that happen events that happen in this book that have actually happened since the book was published yeah. mm-hmm. um for example Manny being called out in the park for being black in a park like yep i, I was like oh my gosh like it it was it was weird um, i can't think of the word that i'm thinking of but it was like it was almost like she was had been foretelling the future.
1: I mean, mm. the sad thing is, it's not that she's foretelling the future. It's no, that of these course, things happen. They just keep. The happening all the time. Just, now these things are being recorded and, and shed light upon. But exactly, yeah. yeah. It it was
0: just the what like. It was just so. It was so weirdly echoing right what i'm I already hearing and seeing and i mean it's good that we're hearing and seeing these things more so that we're aware of them more but it was um yeah it was
2: yeah i, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's unfortunately still timely and timeless yes. with the police brutality and the racism and all of that And I don't, I didn't really know much about Staten Island going into this. I've taken the ferry once to like do it and say I did it more than me, uh, didn't actually leave the, you know, the port, like you literally get off and then you have to walk back on. They don't let you stay on the ferry, even though you just want to go back and forth. Uh, so I have stepped foot on Staten Island, but I did not know about kind of like how it's, it's, much more conservative republican like all that stuff compared to the rest of the boroughs and so seeing ralia interact with iceland was very interesting and then with bronca what do they call themselves the alt art or whatever like the the alt artists artists. alt artists which we know is the alt right thing Mm -hmm. with all of the you know White guys and their man buns. <laughs> the uh, man buns were man buns. And... Should have known then. <laughs> Should have known. Um, but I, I know Tara. You you had brought this up in book club, and if you're if you feel comfortable talking about it with, especially with the alt right that brought in a lot of white supremacy and Nazi right. imagery, and we also see that with uh, Iceland with that yeah, one. Yeah, there's guy a literal that, Nazi in the
1: book. Yeah 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 uh yeah so i 'm mean, clearly i 'm a fan of this book, right and clearly i 'm a fan of n k and all that good stuff uh and I fully recognize that not everything is for me, but I will say being jewish i don 't know who knows this or anything, but New York is singularly the 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 city with the largest population of Jews in the world that includes tel aviv and jerusalem and all of the cities in israel uh it is the single place on earth with the most jewish population And i would argue that and maybe this is just my perspective but that new york is an, a quintessentially jewish city um you know jewish delis are like a mm-hmm. cornerstone <laughs> of the new york experience and you know we don't even have to talk about broadway Uh, it was, and I didn't think about this going in, like I hadn't had any preconceived notions going into this book, but leaving the book, uh, something that stood out to me was that, you know, these, the terrors of my people, that sounds so weird to say, but like, you know, the things that keep Jewish people up at night were so readily used, In this book, and I understand Mm -hmm. that Nazis don't just terrorize Jewish people. I totally get that, Um, but they were so readily used in this book. And even though the city is is just a very Jewish city, there was no Jewish avatar, and I don't, I don't. It was disappointing to me. I guess is what it comes down to. Um, I feel like that was a big miss. For me, I, I really still love the book. I, I think the book is great. I can't read to, read, I can't wait to read the next. But I don't know. It it hurt a little. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's a
2: that's a valid point. And I don't know if she's addressed it anywhere. If anyone's asked her, but it'll be interesting to see if. She somehow brings that in because we, I, what is the next book going to bring us? I'd like,
1: yeah, you know, I don't know. And I think maybe that's also part of it is when I think about could any other city have a Jewish avatar? And I, I would say no, none of the other cities that would come alive today Mm -hmm. would be able to have a Jew. I, I don't know. So I don't know if it will get brought up, but. You know, I think it also maybe complicates the narrative. Like, if I had to come up with the reason that it complicates the narrative that, you know, I mean, granted, there are definitely black Jews and Latino Jews. and um, But if you wanted to have like the typical, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Seinfeld-esque, they're going to look white. And maybe that complicated the narrative with the woman in white and she didn't want to have to have that conversation in the book. Um but yeah, I don't know. Maybe she'll bring it up, maybe, maybe she won't. But I did look to see if it had been addressed anywhere and I, I couldn't find it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Very bef- valid. Before I go on to my last and uh somewhat fun question, uh <laughs> does anybody have any last sort of big thoughts on the book in general?
2: Mm. it makes me want to visit again yeah (laughs) it makes me want to
0: explore more of the city like I said I've I've only passed through so it, it, it makes me actually want to walk around explore see different things than I normally get to experience it does have that that kind of vibe for me where like it's described the city so well. It's pulling me in. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, here is my, well, my second last question, really. And it's a fun one. We all had at our uh, last reunion, right? We went to a bar that was serving drinks based on the broken earth series. So fun. Uh, What drink names do you think you would come up with from this book? And what alcohol would be the base? Mm-hmm.
2: So where we went, what what the bartender does is she picks out quotes from the books. And that's like the name of the drink. <laughs> and so uh, the quote that I picked is, this is actually with Queens, the Queens avatar when we're first meeting her. And it is... And suddenly she thinks of fluid mechanics. Fluid mechanics are beautiful. The equations jump and ripple, brush and ebb. It is nothing to Padmini to run the equations for flow velocity through her mind. I and that. I would use a whiskey base just because I like whiskey. And I, I don't know. I <laughs> think something about New York makes me, well, maybe it's like because of Manhattan's. Like I think of whiskey when I think of New York. <laughs> nice. Nice. What about you, Ned?
0: Um, I, the quote that I have is, and the city replies without words right into his heart. Welcome to New York. Um, I haven't had a drink in like eight months, so I have no idea what the <laughs> base would be, but it's going to be delicious. And to me, it's going to be, it's one of those drinks that like, when you sip it, it's both smooth and biting Mm. so like it brings out the best of new york so it's like yes it's this place that like it's big and it takes you over so you've got that smoothness but also it's in your face and it's direct and it wants you to know it's here so it's got that bite or that kick to it so i'll work on mixing that and get back to you (laughs) post
1: baby that is (laughs) fair enough uh, mine was um, and this is obvious, and I'm ashamed that I can't come up with something more beautiful than this, but um, it's just it just stuck out to me, and I thought it'd be a fun drink, which is money talks and bullshit walks, and I want it to be a cosmopolitan no not a cosmopolitan, sorry, I'm thinking about the glass, I want it to be a martini mm-hmm. um but I want it to somehow be a little bit green, like maybe mm. it was mixed up with maybe there's some muddled parsley in there or like some sort of muddled. Uh, yeah. So that it's it has a little bit of a green tinge to it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last question. Did you like it and would you recommend it? Resounding yes to both.
2: Go get mm-hmm. this book. Go read it. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah. I liked it. I'm really curious to see where she goes with it. I want to know, are we going to stay in New York? Are we going somewhere else? Are we? going to meet more avatars from different places? Are we going to see more cities born? Will Iceland be redeemed? Yes. I, 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 I hope she will be. I, I hate to think of, you know, those tentacles continuing to take people over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yes, I did like it. Awesome. I think that's a three out of three for us. Highly recommend this book. If you are still listening and listen through all this, um, yeah, just go in and read it for yourselves. Go. Uh, so I, I do have one announcement before we go to our wrap up here. And that is that we are taking a break. Uh, but don't worry, we will still be reading. Follow us on social media for updates on book thoughts and keep discussing with us. For September, we're going to be sharing our thoughts online on the book Pride by Ibi Soboy. Uh And honestly, I think after five years or so, we deserve a small vacation. (laughs) But keep an eye out on Instagram and Twitter for our return show announcement. And until then, happy reading.
0: Uh, So if you are looking for our show notes, uh, you can find them at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 90. And you can come, as Tara mentioned, and find us on the Internet. Talk to us um, both about this episode and about what we'll be reading next month. Um, you can find the podcast on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers, and on Twi- Twi- Twitter, not Twister, <laughs> on Twitter at Eclectic Read
1: Pod. <laughs> and where can people find you, Tara? You can find me on Goodreads and Twitter under my name, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N, and then you can find me on Instagram at Noveline Newman. What about you, Mayor?
2: You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Litzy under Mare the Book Gal, M E R E T H E B O O K G A L, and you can find me on
0: Goodreads and Litzy at J M T R I V E R A. That's J M T Rivera, and on Twitter at D R J E A N N E T T E. Doctor Jeanette. I, what is Twitter giving me a hard time for? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I, <laughs> make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode especially our first one back you'll want uh, to catch that one rate and review us on apple podcasts and we'll see you all soon let's shelve this until next time guys
1: all right bye Bye, guys. guys bye